Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, esteemed family, depending on where you are connected from. I want to welcome everyone to another session that was inspired by the word Global Times of Devotion with the Lord and with ourselves as brethren. Thank you, esteemed Sister Makama, for the opportunity to lead today's intercessory prayer. Right away, moving on to the prayer. A prayer is taken from Psalm 133, verse 10 to 12. It says, The Lord frustrates the purpose of the nations. He keeps them from carrying out their plans, but his plans endure forever. His purposes last eternally. Happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. Happy are the people he has chosen for his own. And this morning, we proclaim that every spirit of religious manipulation deception over Christians the nations of the world which are not consistent with right to believing are permanently cut off in Jesus name and we also be declaring that the influence and resources of men and women who connive to sabotage the doctrine of Christ with technology is diminished by the power of the Holy Ghost and we'll be affirming that the Christians the Christians remain unmoved and continuously yielded to the leading of the Holy Spirit in the matches name of Jesus. Asim family, kindly unmute your mic. Kindly unmute your mic and perceive fervently for nations of the world.
Yes, Lord, 
but Lord, we thank you. We thank you because you've given us all things to enjoy. Yes, all things you've given us to enjoy, including technology. God, God, we pray that the spirit of deception over men and women that have given themselves. Lord, we pray that the spirit of deception and manipulation is out of permanence in the name of Jesus. Lord, we say that there are resources that they are using and influence that they are using to push all this false doctrine. Lord, we pray that they are diminished in the name of Jesus. Lord, pray even in this time and season, Lord God, Christians remain unmoved. They remain unmoved in faith. They remain unmoved in believing. In right believing. 
living realizations in the name of Jesus. And I continuously yielded to the leading of the Spirit. Indeed, church is marching forward, and the gates of veil shall not prevail. Oh, Father, we give you glory. Hallelujah to your name. For in Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Makama, for the opportunity to lead today's intercessory prayer. Thank you, esteemed family, for being part of today's intercessory prayer. Thank you for the changes you are causing around the world. Thank you, esteemed prayer team, for the sacrifice and labor of your God bless you. Right now, I've been handing over to the praise and worship team for the next session. Thank you all, and do enjoy the rest of the devotion. there is healing power in your name. Authority is in your name, Lord Jesus. We thank you. There is power in your name. Authority falls to your name. At the mention of your name, demons flee. Storms are still in your name. There is power in your name. Authority bows to your name. At the mention of your name, demons flee. Storms are still in your name. Your name, Lord Jesus. Not an ordinary name. Your name, Lord Jesus. Is full of power and grace, your name, Lord Jesus. Is the matchless authority in heaven and the earth. Is the highest of all names, your name, Lord Jesus. Not an ordinary name, your name, Lord Jesus. Is full of power and grace, young and Lord Jesus. Is much as authority in heaven and earth. Is the highest of all names. Mountains crumble in your name. Just defeated in your name. At the mention of your name, chains are broken. 
We have the victory in your name. Mountains crumble in your name. Just defeated in your name. At the mention of your name, chains are broken. We have the victory in your name. Your name, Lord Jesus, not an ordinary name. Your name, Lord Jesus, is full of power and grace. Your name, Lord Jesus, is the matchless authority in heaven and the earth. Is the highest of all names, Lord Jesus, your mighty so powerful, thousand wondrous things, Lord Jesus. Your name is the greatest, Lord Jesus, your mighty name so powerful, thousand wondrous things, Lord Jesus. Your name is the greatest, Lord Jesus. Your mighty name is so powerful, that's wondrous things, Lord Jesus. Your name is the greatest, your name is the greatest. Your name is the strongest. Your name is the highest above every other name. Your name is the greatest. Your name is the strongest. Your name is the highest above every other name. Your name is the greatest. Your name is the strongest. Your name is the highest. Above every other name, the name of Jesus. Not an ordinary name, the name of Jesus. Is full of power and grace. Your name, Lord Jesus, is the matchless authority in heaven and the earth. Is the highest of all names. Your name, Lord Jesus, it's not an ordinary name. Your name, Lord Jesus. Is the power and the grace, your name, Lord Jesus, yeah. Is the marshal's authority in heaven and the earth. Is the highest of all names, Lord Jesus, your mighty name. So powerful, does wondrous things, Lord Jesus. Your name is the greatest, Lord Jesus. 
Your mighty name is so powerful. That's one just things love, Jesus. Your name is the greatest, Lord Jesus. Your mighty name is so powerful. That's one just things love, Jesus. Your name is the greatest. Your name is the greatest. Your name is the strongest. Your name is the highest, Lord. It is above all other names. Your name is the greatest. Your name is the strongest. Your name is the highest. It's above all other names. Your name, Lord Jesus, it's not an ordinary name. Your name, Lord Jesus, is full of power and grace. Your name, your name is full of power. Your name is full of wonder. By your name, we do the impossible. And the Bible says that God exalted him and gave him a name that is above every other name. Kai, what a name. Now at the mention of the name of Jesus, Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Of the things in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth, everybody is saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Your name is the name that scatters the plans of the enemy. Your name is the name at which demons and devils scamper. Your name is the name that breaks the yoke. Your name is also the name of salvation by which every man must be saved. For whosoever believed that the Father sent the Son to die for the world, hi, salvation comes to that man because of the name. What a name. What a name. What a name. It is not an ordinary name. Father, our God, you called us to show forth the praise of him who has called us out of darkness into the marvelous night. The praise of that name. The praise of that name to give praises to the name of Jesus. What a powerful name. We acknowledge you, O God, for who you are. We acknowledge you, Lord Jesus, for who you are, for the power vested in your name. For the power vested in your name. Your name has never disappointed us. Everywhere we call that name, the power in the name has shown forth and has shown itself. Father, we thank you for the gift of your son, for the gift of your son the name by which every man is saved, the name by which the whole world, the whole world is saved. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we exalt all the power in that name today. More than ever, more than ever, it is the highest name. We exalt all the power in that name. We exalt all the power in that name. Child of God, begin to call that name. On that very situation, on that very circumstance, do you want to call that name in Thanksgiving? Go ahead. Just call the name of Jesus. Just call the name of Jesus. Lift up those holy hands and just call the name of Jesus. Oh, have a picture in your mind on that very thing on which you are calling the name of Jesus. Is it on that child? Is it on that spouse? Is it on that mother? Is it on that father? Child of God, just call the name of Jesus on that sibling. Call the name of Jesus. Call the name of Jesus on that very situation. Call the name of Jesus on that project. Call the name of Jesus on that worker. Call the name of Jesus on that staff. Call the name of Jesus on that boss. Call the name of Jesus on that career. Call the name of Jesus on that business. Call the name of Jesus on that plan. Breathe the name of Jesus on that situation. That name will never disappoint us. All power on earth, in heaven, and beneath the earth is vested in that name. It is a powerful name. And that name has been given to us to use, to use it. Child of God, go ahead and use it. Oh, Jesus. 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 Jesus, 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 oh Jesus Christ, oh Jesus Christ, in the name of the Lord 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 Jesus Christ. Victory is mine always. Victory is yours always. Our lives are full of testimony because of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, the esteemed Sister Mutenta. God bless you so much. God bless you so much for leading us to worship in such an exceptional way. God bless you, Ma. God bless you, Ma. Thank you, dear esteemed Brother Tai. Oh, what a serene time of devotion and time of prayers. Thank you for leading us to pray for nations of the world, for Christians all over the world. God bless you, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening once again, esteemed family. Depending on wherever you are connected from at this moment, I welcome all of us again to another session of the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion with the Lord and with ourselves as brethren. I thank especially dear esteemed Sister Makama for this amazing opportunity to stand in for her. 
and take the Rhapsody of Reality segment. God bless you, Ms. Nima. I do not take these opportunities lightly. Esteemed family, it is always a pleasure to fellowship with you. God bless you so much for always being here, for your consistency and for never looking back. God bless you. Today is Saturday, the 17th of June, 2023. Glory to God. And our title for today's devotion is Praising Him, Our Primary Calling. Oh, hallelujah. And our theme verse, our theme scripture for today is taken from Psalm 40, 47, 6 to 7. And the Bible says, Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with all understanding. Glory to God. <laughs> you know, there's a hymn. There's a hymn, and um, I think it's in the uh, Anglican Church hymnal, Ancient and Modern. This is a hymn. <laughs> the hymn is in my head. <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs> and he starts it. Sing praises to the Lord. Something like that. Just let's keep going. God is helping us. <laughs> Many of us know where we are coming from. <laughs> so every day is a testimony of how far God has brought us. <laughs> oh, but of a truth, if you have parents who planted you in the Lord, you are among men most fortunate and most blessed. Because there is nothing on the other side. You can ask those who have been there. They will tell you, really, there is nothing on that side. Some of us may not have the testimony of having been in the world and then converted. But you're not missing out on anything. Believe me. Some of us, we were born in the world. We grew up in the world. We have only found ourselves advancing in the world. Thank God for your parents. Honor them with gifts. Shower them with love. Because what they did for you, Kai, only God can reward them. I'm telling you. So you see that when, you're, when you hear some things, you're not thinking of a music you heard in the club. You're thinking of the first thing that comes to your mind is a hymnal. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Glory to God. <laughs> you, the pictures I have in my head right now. <laughs> oh, thank God. Pastor says to us today, the scriptures give us more than enough information on God's relationship with us and how he defines his role as God, as Lord, and as our Father. In each of these roles, he expresses himself differently. Oh, yes. 
Yes, did somebody else hear that? Our relationship with God, we find that we can come to him as God. We can come to him as Lord. And then we can come to him as our father. And in each of these roles, he expresses himself differently. He wants us to know our role, the various role we play with respect to him, his kingdom, one another, and the world. However, in every single role that we play, he expects us to praise him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thus, the primary reason we come together as God's people, Chai, listen, the primary reason, the primary reason we come together as God's people is to offer praises to God. For a long time, this seemed to have taken a back seat in the church. But thank God, there's been a change. Glory to God. You see, in one of the prayers that we are praying every day, Foundations of the World, there's actually a particular team that is praying for the Love World ministers. We need to understand that praise, you know how powerful when people say, that a weapon is a weapon of mass destruction. A weapon is a nuclear weapon. Hmm? That is what praise is. They are mother of an army and they are the praise team. The height of the weapons of an advancing army is in the hands of the priest team. They are the nuclear weapons of every army. That is why they cannot, it, there's no second place to praise because praise in itself is not just a prayer. Praise is a prayer and also a weapon of mass destruction. So you find the dual and the all-encompassing role of praising God. It is the primary reason of us coming together as God's people to give him praise. Because as we offer praises to him. There are so many things that praises does. Have you seen, have you, I don't know if you've been opportune to see a fireworks before. Like, you know, when a fireworks takes off, as it is going straight, probably if it is those kind of fireworks that, uh, fireworks that are designed to write something in the air, as it is going straight to hit destination to hit the place where the words are formed. 
There are also parts of that fireworks that trigger off. They shoot off to different other places. They shoot off. They just go off. They just go off. They just keep going off on both sides. Child of God, that is what praise is. As the praise to the Father is being offered, shooting off to get to the place, to get to the Father, to come to the Father, for him to glory and pleasure in our praise. They are also part of the praise that are shooting off, shooting off and causing havoc for the devil. So you find that praise is all-encompassing in its role. That is why the Bible said that he has called us to show forth the praise of him. That word, showing forth, forth for it means moving at a trajectory to show forth the praise of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous night. Everybody must see. The whole world must know. Everybody must partake. It is not showing forth the praises of him. It is not done. It is not in that kind of place. It is not what you do inside your heart. It is not something you do in secrecy. I'm not saying that there is no place for your closet prayer, but in the context of the fact that Pastor is telling us today, bringing to our remembrance that the primary reason, the fundamental prerequisite reason why we gather together as God's people is to show forth his praise. Praise the Lord. Pastor says, God's people all over the world, by the Spirit, are recognizing their role as priests to offer sacrifices of praise to God. That's our primary calling. He said in 1 Peter 2.9, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Oh, praise God. When we live according to our calling to offer praises to the Lord, extolling his greatness and worshiping his holy name, we will most certainly enjoy the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. As Paul puts it in Romans 15, 29, it is God's will for us. Even now, child of God, even now, child of God, even now, child of God, begin to praise the Lord. Remember, praise must have content. Therefore, offer to the Lord words of praise and thanksgiving. Make confessions of his greatness, grace, and glory. Hmm. Declare that there is none like him. Ah, for his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation 
to generation. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, dearest family, for being part of today's Rhapsody of Reality segment. Thank you, dear esteemed Sister Makama, for the amazing opportunity to take today's segment and standing for you. God bless you so much, Ma. And right now, and then Pastor Nina, if you're here, please kindly raise your hand. Okay, okay. And Brother Manuel, please raise your hand. Good. Okay, right now I will hand over to the esteemed Brother Manuel, who will take us in the further studies and the prayers. Over to you, esteemed Sir. God bless you. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're connected from. I'd like to start by thanking the esteemed Sister Maka for this great opportunity to take us through the further studies and Bible reading of our devotion. Thank you, esteemed Dr. Kerr, for an awesome Rhapsody exhortation. Our further studies, Psalms 69, verse 30 to 31. I will praise the name of God with a song and will magnify him with thanksgiving. This also shall please the Lord better than an ox or bullock that hath horns and hoofs. Hebrews 13, 15, from the Amplified Classic. Through him, therefore, let us constantly and at all times offer up to God the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of lips that thankfully acknowledge and confess and glorify his name. Psalms 147, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises unto, unto our God, for it is a pleasant and praise is comely. Glory to God. Right now, we are going to take our prayer together. We're going to take the prayer together. Dear Heavenly Father, you are great and greatly to be praised, for there is none like you. Your kingdom is forever, and your reign is eternal. You're the only true and wise God. To you be all glory, honor, majesty, dominion, and praise forever and ever. Amen. Glory to God. I'll now hand over to esteemed sister Oge for the New Testament reading. Thank you very much, Ma. Thank you so much, Brother Mano. Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, dear beloved. I want to start by saying a very big thank you to esteemed sister Maka for this opportunity to stand in for Pastor Nini. I also want to say thank you to esteemed um, Sister Kel for this opportunity. So I'll be taking the New Testament um, Bible reading. And we're reading from the book of Acts chapter 7. And we're using the message translation. Caption, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit. Then the chief priest said, what do you have to say for yourself? Stephen replied, friends, fathers, and brothers, 
the God of glory appeared to our father, Abraham, when he was still in Mesopotamia, before the move to Haran, and told him, leave your country and family and go to the land I'll show you. So he left the country of the Chaldees and moved to Haran. After the death of his father, he immigrated to this country where you now live. But God gave him nothing, not so much as a foothold. He did promise to give the country to him and his son later on, even though Abraham had no son at the time. God let him know that his offspring would move on to an alien country where they would be enslaved and brutalized for 400 years. But God said, I will step in and take care of those slaveholders and bring my people out so they can worship me in this place. Then he made a covenant with him and signed it in Abraham's flesh by circumcision. When Abraham had Isaac, sorry, when Abraham had his son Isaac, within eight days, he reproduced the sign of circumcision in him. Isaac became father of Jacob and Jacob father of 12 fathers, each faithfully passing on the covenant sign. But then those fathers, burning up with jealousy, sent Joseph off to Egypt as a slave. God was right there with him, though he not only rescued him from all his troubles, but brought him to the attention of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. He was so impressed with Joseph that he put him in charge of the whole country, including his own personal affairs. Later, a famine descended on that entire region, stretching from Egypt to Canaan, bringing terrific hardship. Our hungry fathers looked high and low for food, but the cupboard was bare. Jacob heard there was food in Egypt and sent our fathers to scout it out. Having confirmed the report, they went back to Egypt a second time to get food. On that visit, Joseph revealed his true identity to his brothers and introduced the Jacob family to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and everyone else in the family, 75 in all. That's how the Jacob family goes to Egypt. Jacob died and our fathers after him. They were taken to Shechem and buried in the tomb for which Abraham paid a good price to the sons of Hamor. When the 400 years were nearly up, the time God promised Abraham for deliverance, the population of our people in Egypt had become very large and, they were, and there was now a king over Egypt who had never heard of Joseph. He exploited our race mercilessly. He went so far as forcing us to abandon our newborn infants, exposing them to the elements to die a cruel death. In just such, sorry, in just such a time, Moses was born, a most beautiful baby. He was hidden at home for three months. When he could be hidden no longer, he was put outside and immediately rescued by Pharaoh's daughter, who mothered him as her own son. Moses was educated in the best schools in Egypt. He was equally impressive as a thinker and an athlete. When he was 40 years old, he wondered how everything was going with his Hebrew king and went out to look things over. He saw an Egyptian abusing one of okay. He saw an Egyptian abusing one of them and stepped in, avenging his underdog brother by knocking the Egyptian flat. He thought his brothers would be glad that he was on their side 
and even see him as an instrument of God to deliver them. But they didn't see it that way. The next day, two of them were fighting and he tried to break it up. He told them to shake their hands and get along with each other. Friends, you are brothers. Why are you beating up on each other? The one who, the one who has started the fight said, who put you in charge of us? Are you going to kill me like you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, realizing that the word was out, he ran for his life and lived in exile over in Midian. During the years of exile, two sons were born to him. 40 years later, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to him in the guise of flames of a burning bush. Moses, not believing his eyes, went up to take a closer look. He heard God's voice. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Frightened, nearly out of his skin, Moses shut his eyes and turned away. God said, kneel and pray. You are in a holy place, on holy ground. I've seen the agony of my people in Egypt. I've heard their groans. I've come to help them. So get yourself ready. I'm sending you back to Egypt. This is the same Moses whom they rejected earlier, saying, who puts you in charge of us? This is the Moses that God, using the angel flaming in the burning bush, sent back as ruler and redeemer. He led them out of slavery. He did wonderful, he did wonderful things, setting up God's signs all through Egypt, down at the Red Sea, and out in the wilderness for 40 years. This is the Moses who said to his congregation, God will raise up a prophet just like me from your descendants. This is the Moses who stood between the angel speaking at Sinai and your fathers assembled in the wilderness and took the life-giving words given to him and handed them over to us. Words our fathers would have, would have nothing to do with. They craved the old Egyptian ways, whining to Aaron, make us gods we can see and follow. This Moses who got us out here miles from nowhere, who knows what happened to him. That was the time when they made a calf idol, brought sacrifices to it, and congratulated each other on the wonderful religious program they had put together. God wasn't at all pleased, but he let them do it their way. Worship every new God that came down the pipe and live with the consequences, consequences described by the prophet Amos. Did you bring me offerings of animals and grains? Those 40 years, those 40 wilderness years with Israel? Hardly. You were too busy building shrines to war gods, to sex goddesses, worshipping them with all your might. That's why I put you in exile in Babylon. And all this time, our ancestors had a tent shrine for true worship, made to the exact specification God provided Moses. They had it they had it with them as they followed Joshua when God cleared the land of pagans and still had it right down to the time of David. David asked God for a permanent place for worship, but Solomon built it. Yet that doesn't mean that most, yet that doesn't mean that most high God lives in a building made by carpenters and masons. The prophet Isaiah put it well when he wrote, heaven is my throne room, I rest my feet on earth. So what kind of house will you build me, says God? Where can I relax? Where can I get away and relax? It's already built and I built it. And you continue, and you continue so bullheaded, calluses on your heart, flaps on your ears, deliberately ignoring the Holy Spirit. You're just like your ancestors, 
Was there ever a prophet who didn't get the same treatment? Your ancestors killed anyone who dared talk about the coming of the just one, and you kept up with the family tradition. Traitors and murderers, all of you, you had God's law handed to you by angels, gifts wrapped, and you squandered it. I think this is where I'm supposed to stop for today. Um, I'd like to say thank you so much, Pastor Pandona, for sharing your screen. Thank you so much once again. God bless you. Wow. Glory to God. God bless you too, esteemed sister Oge. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening, everyone. Once again. I'd like to thank the esteemed sister Marka for this great opportunity to take us through the Old Testament reading of our Bible studies. Today we'll be reading the book of 2 Chronicles chapter 29 and 30. Hallelujah. Thank you, esteemed Pastor Dapandula, for sharing the screen. Thank you, esteemed Brother John, for the opportunity to labor in love with you. Glory to God. 2 Chronicles 29. King Hezekiah. Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old and was king in Jerusalem for 29 years. His mother was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. In God's opinion, he was a good king. He kept to the standards of his ancestor David. In the first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah, having first repaired the doors of the temple of God, threw them open to the public. He assembled the priests and Levites in the court on the east side and said, Levites, listen, consecrate yourselves and consecrate the temple of God. Give this much defiled place a good house cleaning. Our ancestors went wrong and lived badly before God. They discarded him, turned away from, his, from this house where we meet with God and walked off. The, the boarded up the doors, turned out the lights, and canceled all the acts of worship of the God of Israel in the Holy Temple. And because of that, God's anger flared up, and he turned those people into a public exhibit of disaster, a moral history lesson. Look and read. This is why our ancestors were killed. And this is why our wives and sons and daughters were taken prisoner and made slaves. I have decided to make a covenant with the God of Israel and turn history around so that God will no longer be angry with us. Children, don't drag your feet in this. God has chosen you to take your place before him to serve in conducting and leading worship. This is your life work. Make sure you do it and do it well. The Levites stood at attention. Mahat, son of Amasiah, and Joel, son of Azariah, from the Kehothite, Kish, son of Abdi, and Azariah, son of Jehalelel, from the Merarites, Joar, son of Zima, and Eden, son of Joar, from the Geshonites, Shimri and Jael, sons of Elizaphan. Zechariah and Methaniah, sons of Asaph, Jehiel and Shemir of the family of Heman, Shemaiah and Uziel of the family of Jedutun, 
they presented themselves and their brothers, consecrated themselves, and set to work cleaning up the temple of God as the king had directed, as God directed. The priest started from the inside and walked out. They emptied the place of the accumulation of defiling junk, pagan rubbish that had no business in that holy place. And the Levites hauled it off to the Kidron Valley. They began the temple cleaning on the first day of the first month. And by the eighth day, they had walked their way out to the porch. Eight days it took them to clean and consecrate the temple itself. And in eight, day, eight more days, they had finished with the entire temple complex. Then they reported to Hezekiah the king, we have cleaned up the entire temple of God, including the altar of whole burnt offering and the table of the bread of the presence with their furnishings. We have also cleaned up and consecrated all the vessels which King Ahaz had gotten rid of during his misrule. Take a look. We have repaired them. They are all there in, in front of the altar of God. Then Hezekiah the king went to work. He got all the leaders of the city together and marched to the temple of God. They brought with them seven bulls, seven rams, seven lambs, and seven he goats to sacrifice as an absolution offering for the royal family, for the sanctuary, and for Judah. As a whole, he directed the Aaronite priest, the Aaronite priest, to sacrifice them on the altar of God. The priest butchered the bulls and then took the blood and sprinkled it on the altar. And then the same with the rams and lambs. Finally, they brought the goats up. The king and the congregation laid their hands upon them. The priest butchered them and made an absolution offering with their blood at the altar to atone for the sin of all Israel. The king had ordered that the whole burnt offering and the absolution offering be for all Israel. The king ordered the Levites to take their places in the temple of God with their musical instruments, cymbals, harps, zetas, following the original instructions of David, guard the king seer and Nathan the prophet. This was God's command conveyed by his prophets. The Levites formed the orchestra of David while the priests took up the trumpet. Then Hezekiah gave the signal to begin. The whole burnt offering was offered on the altar at the same time, the sacred choir began singing, backed up by the trumpets. <laughs> Hallelujah. The synchrony of the spirit is amazing. Backed up by the trumpets and the David orchestra while the entire congregation worshiped. The singers sang and the trumpets played all during the sacrifice of the whole burnt offering. When the offering of the sacrifice was completed, the king and everyone there knelt to the ground and worshiped. Then Hezekiah the king and the leaders told the Levites to finish things off with anthems of praise to God, using lyrics by David and Asaph the seer. We just read about 
praise. Anyways, they sang their praises with joy and reverence, kneeling in worship. Hezekiah then made this response. The dedication is complete. You're consecrated to God. Now you're ready. Come forward and bring your sacrifices and thank offerings to the temple of God. And come, they did. Everyone in the congregation brought sacrifices and tank offerings, and some, overflowing with generosity, even brought whole burnt offerings. <clears throat> a generosity expressed in 70 bulls, a hundred rams, and 200 lambs, all for whole burnt offerings for God. The total number of animals consecrated for sacrifice that day amounted to 600 bulls and 3,000 sheep. They ran out of priests qualified to slaughter all the whole burnt offering. So their brother Levite stepped in and helped out while other priests consecrated themselves for the work. It turned out that the Levites had been more responsible in making sure they were properly consecrated than the priest had been. Besides, besides the overflow of whole burnt offerings, there were also choice pieces for the peace offerings and lavish libations that went with the whole burnt offerings. The worship in the temple of God was on a firm footing again. Hezekiah and the congregation celebrated. God had established a firm foundation for the lives of the people and so quickly. A quick walk, pray to God. Then Hezekiah invited all of Israel and Judah with personal letters to Ephraim and Manasseh to come to the temple of God in Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover to Israel's God. The king and his officials and the congregation in Jerusalem had decided to celebrate Passover in the second month. They hadn't been able to celebrate it at the regular time because not enough of the priests were yet personally prepared and the people hadn't had time to gather in Jerusalem. Under these circumstances, the, the revised date was approved by both king and people and they sent out the invitation from one end of the country to the other, from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, Come and celebrate the Passover to Israel's God in Jerusalem. No one living had ever celebrated it properly. Oh, wow. Generations had passed. Glory to God. The king gave the others and the couriers delivered the invitations from the king and his leaders throughout Israel and Judah. The invitation read, O Israelites, come back to God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, Jacob, so that he can return to you who have survived the praying kings of Assyria. Don't repeat the sins of your ancestors who turned their backs on God, the God of their ancestors who then brought them to ruin. You can see the ruins all around you. Don't be bullheaded as your ancestors were. Clasp, clasp God's outstretched hand, come to his temple of holy worship, consecrated for all time. 
serve God, your God, you will no longer be in danger of his hot anger. If you come back to God, your captive relatives and children will be treated compassionately and allowed to come home. Your God is gracious and kind and won't snub you. Come back and he'll welcome you with open arms. Glory to God. <laughs> the New Testament reading was a summary of what we've been reading in the Old Testament till. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 10. So the couriers set out, going from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh, as far north as Zebulun. But the people poked fun at them, treated them as a joke. But not all. Some from Asher, Manasseh, and Zebulun weren't too proud to accept their invitation and come to Jerusalem. It was better in Judah. God worked powerfully among them to make it unanimous, responding to the orders sent out by the king and his officials. Orders backed up by the word of God. It turned out that there was a tremendous crowd of people when the time came in the second month to celebrate the Passover, sometimes called the Feast of Unraised Bread. First, they went to work and got rid of all the pagan altars that were in Jerusalem, hauled them off and dumped them in the Kidron Valley. Then, on the 14th day of the second month, they slaughtered the Passover lambs. The priests and the Levites weren't ready, but now, embarrassed in their laziness, they, con <laughs> they consecrated themselves and brought whole burnt offerings to the temple of God. Ready now, they stood at their posts as designated by the revelation of Moses, the holy man. The priests sprinkled the blood the Levites handed to them because so many in the con congregation had not properly prepared themselves by consecration and so were not qualified. The Levites took charge of the slaughter of the Passover lambs so that they would be properly consecrated to God. Thank God for the blood of Jesus that consecrated all of us. Imagine the life you'll be living now. <laughs> Verse 18. There were a lot of people, especially those from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon, who did not eat the Passover meal because they had not prepared themselves adequately. Hezekiah prayed for these as follows. May God, who is all good, pardon and forgive everyone who sincerely desires God, the God of our ancestors, even especially these who do not meet the literal conditions stated for access to the temple. God responded to Hezekiah's prayer and healed the people. So it did not matter the consecration. God had a better plan. All the Israelites present in Jerusalem celebrated the Passover feast of unraised bread for seven days, celebrated exuberantly. The Levites and priests praised God day after day filling the air with praise, sounds of precaution and brass. Hezekiah commanded the Levites for, sorry, Hezekiah commended 
the Levites for the superb way in which they had led the people in the worship of God. When the feast and festival, that glorious seven days of worship, the making of offerings, and the praising of God, <clears throat> the God of their ancestors, were over, the tables cleared and the floors swept, they all decided to keep going for another seven days. So they just kept on celebrating and so and as joyfully as they began. Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave 1,000 bulls and 7,000 sheep for the congregation's worship. The officials gave an additional 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. <laughs> Hezekiah's mighty men. And there turned out to be plenty of consecrated priests, qualified and well-prepared. So by the seven days, <laughs> the whole congregation of Judah, the priests and the Levites, the congregation that came in from Israel, and the resident aliens from both Israel and Judah were all in, were all in on the joyous celebration. Jerusalem was bursting with joy. Nothing like this had taken place in Jerusalem since Solomon, son of David, <laughs> king of Israel, had built and dedicated the temple. The priests and Levites had the last word. They stood and blessed the people, and God listened, listened as the ascending sound of their prayers entered his holy heaven. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And that brings us to the end of the Old Testament reading of our Bible studies today. Once again, I'd like to thank the esteemed Sister Marco for this great and glorious opportunity to take us through this reading. Thank you, everyone, for availing yourself available for the reading. I'll now hand over to the esteemed Brother Martins for the affirmation and communion segment. And do have a prolific day, everyone. God bless. Thank you so much, Estimbola Emmanuel. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. You see that last script, that last verse, and God listened, listened from the high heavens. Surely, God listens. Praise God. We'll be going into the affirmation segment this morning. I'd like to say a very big thank you to dear Estim Stamaka for this wonderful privilege to go through the affirmation as well as the communion. Praise God. On the screen, you find the affirmation. We'll be making this affirmation five times this morning. Remember, it's a hundred times a day affirmation. So at your private times, you'll be doing the many 95 times. But this morning, will be taking five times. Praise God. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. I walk in righteousness. I walk in love. I walk in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I have overcome the world. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
at this point, we'll be going into the communion segment. Praise the Lord. And our text is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, verse 23. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed to bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the bread we break this day, the communion of the body of Christ. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, as we break this bread, we will never be broken in life. We affirm that we are one with you. Our spirits knit with yours. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. After the seminar, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cup of the everlasting covenants. Lord, as we take this cup, we are firm. That we are blood washed, we are sanctified, and we are glorified. We are firm that in you we live, move, and have our being. We are firm that we are the seed of Abraham, the hair of God, and the joint hair with Christ. We are firm that all things work together for our good because we love you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. The lines are falling onto us in pleasant places. Yes, we have a goodly heritage. We give you all the praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup now. Oh, Jiburu Tenaglia Hakada Volocticos Ivron Doglira Taski Radi Nizos Radi Nizos Kelebrandoski Shopa. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. Once again, I'd like to say a very big thank you to GS Tim Stamaka for this great privilege. Thank you so much, Ma, and thank you to all our co hosts. At this point, I'll kindly hand over to esteemed Pastor Deborah. Praise God forevermore. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, esteemed Brother Martins and esteemed co-hosts. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay, so it's the celebration segment of our devotion time. Today is the 17th of June, 2023. Is it your birthday or the birthday of a loved one or a special occasion you'd love for us to celebrate with you? Please quickly come to the chat room and let us know about it so we can celebrate you. Glory to God. If this is your first time of joining us and inspired by the word, please come to the chat room. Let us know your full name, what state or city you're connected from, if you're connected from within Nigeria, if you're connected from outside Nigeria, Please do let us know the country and, of course, who invited you. So I'm going to see your messages on the chat room, not raising your hands. Please come to the chat room and talk to us on the chat room. Glory to God. Birthdays, birthdays, birthdays. Okay, so we have, so we have Mary Jane. 
Mary Jane says, today is my baby. Today is my baby's birthday. Uno. Okay. Happy, happy birthday to your baby. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Any birthdays, birthdays of a loved one, special location. Let's do this very quickly, 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 quickly. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If it's your first time, please come to the chat room and let us know so we can welcome you specially. Your full name, what state or city you're connected from, if you're connected from within Nigeria, if you're connected from outside Nigeria, please let us know. Kike Lomo says, today is my colleague's birthday. Her name is Chris Choice. Happy, happy birthday. Happy birthday to Chris Choice. Glory to God. Happy, happy birthday to Chris Choice. Okay, so uh, Pastor Pearl says, I'm celebrating my colleague who's naming her first child after 13 years of childlessness. Her baby's name is Inyolua. Wow, congratulations, congratulations to her. Congratulations. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, Libarada Bashantafala Basotoko Beleki, the brother Gadeleki Zonteki Labaya. Maliko Zento Plekis Kobara Destus Gabaya. Mantoka La Grande Suzevisu Regeti Sopakataya. Okay, so we have a first timer. Says today is my first time. My name is Brother Favor Asibong, connecting from Nigeria, invited by Sister Happiness. You're welcome, you're welcome. We're delighted to have you with us. You are welcome. Mary Nse says, good morning. My name is Mary Nse. I'm connected from Lagos, Nigeria. I am a first time. You are welcome. You are welcome. Glory, glory to God. Um, Amaka Santa says, I celebrate my health today. Congratulations. Congratulations. We are delighted. We are excited to welcome you too. Sister Mary Incest said she was invited by Sister Benny. Wow. Glory to God. Glory to God. You're welcome. Lako Shakabara de Gebosutu. Lako Shakataya Lava Shatakabale Gedebosutu Kobaya. Maliko Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for everyone of God who's celebrating his loved one today. Lakora Baseta Kabaya. Yes, they are blessed. Hallelujah. Mashata Kabaya. And they are enjoying a new level of grace, oh God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, the works of their hands are blessed, hallelujah, and their joy is ever increasing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, and we pray for our first time as today, Mary Insev. Maleko Sateka Baya and Brother Favor Asibong Makora Basete Kibala Kazunti. Lord, we thank you because these ones are growing on to maturity day after day in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for insight. Lakora Basunta Kabaya for them for maturity. La Pradesco Paradegaha Masoto Kubradega Sotaka Vizovrenegi Leko Sunto Kubarade Sotoko Bashata Leko Sungra Dagabasata. Lord, we thank you, O oh God, because their steps are ordered, O oh God. Order.
the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, they are increasing in your knowledge, in knowledge of you and in revelation, knowledge of God, in wisdom and understanding. Thank you, precious Father. Thank you, dear Lord Jesus. Oh, Marcus Sotokobaya, blessed be your name forever. In Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Congratulations, everyone who is celebrating, and welcome to our beloved first timers. It's a season for you to increase in the knowledge of God's word. Congratulations. Thank you so much, esteemed sister Amaka, for this opportunity. I'm super, super grateful. Over to you, Ma. Thank you so much, Ma. Praise God. Thank you so much, esteemed Pastor Deborah. Glory to God. Happy birthday to all our celebrants and welcome, Sister Mary and Brother Favor. Good to have you join the family. Today is Saturday, the 17th of June. And the Lord is gracious and kind. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Thank you, esteemed Brother Emmanuel and Sister Oge. That um, time of Bible reading was just so beautiful. Like it was like a story, especially the New Testament, you know, um, that was like a summary of the whole Israelite journey in one chapter, you know, and it was just so beautiful to hear. Glory to God. Thank you, esteemed sister Kelvin Harris, for holding the fort for most of us. Thank you so much for coordinating in our absence. Praise God. So it's been a month of prayer, praise, and prophecy, and so much is happening in our personal lives. And of course, um, for many of us who are in church zones that are um, that have put structures of activities, um, prayer and praise and prophecy activities. Um, on the ground to help you maximize and take advantage of the best of the month of June. So it's been one level of glory to another and testimonies heaped upon testimonies, praise God. I did say about a week ago that I was going to um, talk to us about our harvest. Just a second. Praise God. But I was going to talk to us about our harvest. You know, um, many of us have been given. We're giving with every opportunity to give. You give to God, you give to man. And it's been so, so beautiful. You know that when it comes to giving, we are never, um, we're never backing out. We're excited about every call to give. I don't know about you, but I am you know, in my church, in my zone, in my PCF, my senior cell, you know, and in my cell, every time that there's a call to give, I'm excited. And here, you know, we inspire us to give daily offerings, you know, telling us that, um, you know, having come to be, to hear the word, to be blessed by the spirit of God and by his word, you know, our offering becomes our, our worship, you know, uh, our symbol of worship and gratitude for the daily impact that the word of God and the spirit of God makes in our lives, right? So there are those of us who give daily offerings here. And because this is not a church, we don't give the offerings in this house. We send it to our church, our churches, our PCF, however the structure in our local church, how the offering is being given. 
Um, so, um, but we do the reminder every day and we pray over the offering before you send it to your church. And that has left the consciousness of daily giving for most of us. And then if you remember very well that before um, it became daily offering, it used to be tight, right? But when the pastor told us about the whole concept of offering coming from the praiser turn and there was a lot of expose in the area of giving, we realized that what we've been doing is more of a daily offering. But it doesn't stop you from um, expressing your faith in the area of tithing because you can still do that, right? Um, where, um, for instance, let me give an example. Maybe you work in a company and then you're earning a thousand dollars. So if you earn a thousand dollars, your tithe there is actually a hundred dollars. But you might say that, Lord, I want you, I want a promotion. I want a promotion and I want my salary to be doubled. So you, you want to go from earning a thousand dollars to earning two thousand dollars. Then as your act of faith, believing that God has heard you and God has answered you, meaning that he has promoted you already because the Bible says promotion comes from God. So when you have, when you have done that and you know that I, I've, I've moved to my next level, then you take the step of faith. Now you've gotten it in the realm of the spirit and you want to provoke a physical manifestation in the material world. The Bible says God is a spirit and those who worship God do it in spirit and in truth, right? Truth being the word of God. So you do it in the spirit and you that's being led by the Holy Ghost. And then, and because that's why he gave us his Holy Spirit so that we can serve him rightly. That's why you cannot practice Christianity effectively outside of the Holy Ghost. You cannot do it because you need the spirit of God to help you worship this God who is the spirit, to help you serve and follow this God who is the spirit. So now, in that space, you tell yourself that, okay, God has heard me and God has promoted me. I am now earning $2,000 every month. I'm using that as an example. Yours can be $10,000 and you want to move it from $10,000 to $20,000. I have some people who have reached through the years who earn as much as $10,000 in a month. So um, you now tell yourself that, okay, because I, I know that God has heard me and God has promoted me, I'm going to increase my tithe to my new salary. So you may not have gotten a letter in the office to tell you that, oh, your salary has been doubled. But every month after that time that you that you did, um, um, asked for that promotion, that you spoke to God about the promotion and you desired it and you received it every month after then, instead of $100 as tithe, you begin to give $200 as tithe. So what you are literally doing is telling God that God owes you. So before you and God, you are telling God that God, you have promoted me and I'm already giving you the tithe of my new salary. So by virtue of your action, you already put God in a space where he's owing you and God doesn't like to owe. When you give God a tithe of a money that you have not yet received, it makes God a debtor and he must pay. See, there are certain spiritual principles that God cannot ignore. If you remember the story of the children of Israel and Moab, when that man, that king, took his son who should be on the throne and offered it, the Bible says there was great indignation against the children of Israel because God turned his back against them. There are certain things that you do 
at a child of God that gets his attention. Meanwhile, that man was not a child of God. He offered his child to his God. It was actually his God that, but he, he, he provoked a principle in the realm of the spirit that God could not stand anymore with his own children. And he turned and left them in the battlefield. The battle became too tough for them that they all had to give up on the fight. At that time, the children of Moab, they were not after winning. It was not necessary, but they did not want to come under bondage. Anything to get them free. They didn't want to go and conquer the Israelites and take over their land. They just didn't want to come under bondage anymore under the children of Israel. And according to their own story, they won. Today is Saturday, so we're going to take a little bit more time. Just be patient. So now you've been giving offerings consistently every day. Many of you have records of the offerings. Many of you even give your offerings ahead. However it is that you do it, you need to know that God is not just a, God is not a collector. He's not a collector. He's not looking at collecting all the money that you have so that you go broke. That's not God's idea of giving. And that's the mindset that most of us have. Every time we're giving to God, we're thinking about the fact that, ah, I don't empty my account again. I don't give, 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 give. My account don't empty. There's Sister Maka, do you know, I gave and gave and gave. My account was now zero. It is not God's delight that your account has to always go to zero. I say, ah, Sister Maka, what happened to giving up, giving everything? It is God's desire that as you are giving, you are harvesting. Go and check most of the farmers. If we have anybody who is a farmer here, often when the farmer farms, he has food till the next farming season. In fact, till the next harvest, harvest season. And then he has crops to still sell in the market. So the concept of farming shows you that it is God's desire that as you give, your harvest comes in such that you have enough till the next harvest. So now the question is, what's happening to our harvest? Ask yourself the question, what's happening to my harvest? So I want to talk to you about seven steps to getting, bringing in your harvest. Because many of you don't have a problem with giving. It's in the area of harvest and you need to understand the principles of harvest. You know, I always say that um, we, we walk by, pre by principles, not by miracles. Your harvest is not supposed to be a miracle. When a farmer plants, it's not a miracle that he's going to get a harvest. It's not a miracle. He just knows that when all the principles are applied, if rain falls, he's not in charge of the rain, but he knows what he's in charge of doing. And he knows that if I do what I'm supposed to do, the one who sends the rain will send the rain. That's why there is the time of planting and there's a time of harvesting for the farmer, because he knows that there's a time when the rain would fall. So they would have planted before the rains start. They understand the seasons and they follow it. So you need to understand the season of planting and the season of harvesting so that all of your seeds yield tremendous results. So if you give a million, you know what you are expecting and you know how to ensure that it comes in because you need to understand that even in the basic concept of farming, right? When a farmer farms, and he plants the seed. He doesn't go to sleep. Maybe if, the, if it's a crop that will take three months to harvest, 
from the day that he plants, he does not go away from the farm and then come back three months later to come and harvest. Am I correct? Do I have farmers in the house? That's not what happens. So there are certain things he does in between the time that he plants and the time that he harvests. And this is where many of us miss it. So by, because if he does that, when he comes on the third month, there might be no harvest because many things can attack his seed or his crop before the time of the harvest. So you're watching over to protect your seed till it gets to harvest time is what I'm talking about. Those are the seven steps by which you call in your harvest. Of course, number one in the step is the sowing of the seed, which I have emphasized on. And um, there are some scriptures I would like to read. As I call them out, maybe what to make it very fast for us, you can quickly get them and then post them on the chat room so that um, we can um, all read them together and be fast about it. So number one, we have 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, um, Galatians 6, verse 7, Luke 6, 38, and Genesis 8 and verse 22. I'm going to call it again. So as you get it, post it on the chat room. 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, Galatians 6, verse 7, Luke 6, 38, Genesis 8, 22. Anyone found any of the scriptures? Post it on the chat room. There must be seed for there to be harvest. That's point number one. Sow your seed for your harvest. And this is an area that many of us we do till today. We do it till today. Every day we are given. Every day we are sowing. Galatians 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now, this law of sowing in Galatians 6 and verse 7 tells us that what you sow is what you reap. So the one that sows corn will reap corn. The one that sows orange will reap orange. The one that sows apple will, reach ap will, will reap apple. Therefore, the one that sows money would reap money. You know, yes, it is true that, oh, you know, for my seed, there are many things that my seed can do for me. My seed can be a ransom for my life. My seed can protect me. Fantastic. But your seed, your money seed is also supposed to bring back money harvest. You need to understand that. So if you have not seen a money harvest for your seed, your harvest is not yet complete. It is beautiful that, oh, your seed was also an anchor to protect your life. Your seed was also an anchor to get you a promotion, to get you a job. And that's why for something like a promotion, it must come with monetary value. Because you gave money seed. So if it resulted in a promotion that came with money attached to it, money has to be part of your money. Your money harvest has to be part of your money seed. And you have to understand that. Genesis 8 and verse 22. He said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest. That's the emphasis. Seed time and harvest shall not cease. It's telling you that for every seed, there'll be a harvest. So my question to you is that, are you getting all the harvest of all your seeds sown? Because after this journey, I'm going to take this class. I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish it today. But after this journey, we're going to go back on our seats. And at the end of these meetings, we're going to, be, we're going to have that segment 
maybe over the weekends, because some of you sometimes are on the road, you know, when you're going to work on during the week. But however it works, after this segment, we're going to be declaring words. You know, it's the month of prayer, praise, and prophecy, right? Because pastors have also prophesied. We're going to be declaring words over our money seeds. And we're going to put all these principles to work. You'll see that there's more. There are certain steps that you will need to take. And we're going to put all of them to work. By the end of this June, one of the things that must be significant in our lives is money. We must get money. We must receive money. We must receive harvest. And we're saying, using this year as an example, from January till date, how many of you have a record of your seed sown? I do have a record, like none missing, nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. I have a pure record of all my seeds sown. And in this ministry year alone, I've, I've done more than I've done in any other year of my year in ministry, of my life in ministry. So if we're looking at the harvest of this year alone, can you say that you have got 30%, 60%, 100%, and for some of us who understand the revelation of a thousand percent, a thousand percent, can you say that? It's telling you that seed and harvest will not cease. Jesus, it was God who made that proclamation after the flood. He swore by his own name. He said it will not cease. It's a principle that is at work. See, you need to understand the God that you are dealing with. You need to understand the God that you are dealing with. And this is the God of the harvest. Have you ever woke up any day and there was no night? Because God forgot to give us night. Have you ever woken any day and the, and the night, it was 7 a.m., it was 9 a.m., and the day had not broken and the sun had not come out? Let's not even use the sun. As in it's not yet day. The light of day had not come. I've never experienced it since my 30-something years in this world. So if the God that started creation and said he made it to be day and night, day and night, he would say evening and the morning, evening and the morning, evening and the morning, and that was the third day. And on the seventh day, he said God rested. God set in motion evening and morning. And on the seventh day, he rested. And from that day till today, Morning and night, morning and night. Please, we have some grandmothers in the house. Mommies, since your 60-something years or your 70 years, has there been a day that you woke up, there was no night and there was no day? I want to know. I want to know. So if this God tells you that money, um, um, seed time and harvest will not cease, it's not lying. If you are not getting harvest, if you always have seed time and you don't always have um, harvest time, then if God is not at fault. You have to identify what the problem is. And that's what we want to identify in this journey. And I want to appeal to you, don't miss this set of classes. Because we must call in our harvest. Some of us, our harvests are worth the billions. So when we say we'll do billions as time, by virtue of our harvest, we qualify for the billions. We're not bragging. We're not bragging. And we're dealing with a God who keeps his word. If it is not coming to pass, who is after us? Who is after our harvest? Where is the harvest? Where is it hanging? What's keeping it from manifesting? That's what we want to go, go through. Then Luke 6:38, it says, Give and it shall be given unto you. God spoke in Genesis. Now Jesus is talking in Luke. In the Galatians that we read, it was Paul talking. 
So in the Old Testament, in fact, God spoke before the law came, right? Before the law, when Jesus spoke, the law was still active. Remember, the, 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 the Old Testament was deactivated after the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So before the, the law, during the law, and after the law, they are, and that's why I'm giving you all of these scriptures. So he's telling you that Jesus did not come to change what God set in motion. And after Jesus, he still did not change. The law of seed and harvest did not change. So God told us in Genesis, Jesus is telling us in Luke, Paul is telling us in Galatians and in Corinthians. I'm going to come to Corinthians. Luke 6, 38, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. He's telling you, you are going to have it back. If you give, it must be given unto you. And sometimes you see when you sit down and you, and it seems like the devil is trying to talk to you and tell you how that, you know, you have been giving, giving, giving. And he's seeing, and nothing is coming. He say, I give and it is given unto me. I give and it is given unto me. It is given unto me. Good measure, pressed down. <laughs> Shaking together and running over. Use scriptures to silence the devil. You must know the word for yourself. You must know the word for yourself. You look at your account, it seems empty after you have given, given, given. He said, I give and it is given unto me. You are talking to your account. I give and it is given unto me. And it comes back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Ah, yeah. At that point, you begin to celebrate your harvest. You are not listening to the devil. Yesterday I was talking to you about the power of your mind. Don't let the devil control your mind. Your mind, you must bring it under the arrest of your spirit. And your spirit has to be educated enough to keep your mind where it should be. Else your mind will overthrow your spirit. The Bible, say, um, um, the Bible makes us understand that the mind is the doorway to the spirit. Now I want to ask a question. If you live in a house... Does the door control itself? No. So if your spirit is a house and the, the mind is its doorway, then the, 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 the door cannot control itself. It's the person that lives in the house that controls the door. It's the person that opens the door. It's the person that locks the door. So the door is not the determinant of who comes in and out of the house. The door does not open itself. So to allow your mind to control your life is a misnormal. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You cannot allow it. You should open the door for what you want to come in and lock the door for what you want to keep out. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom? And he's telling you, you know why? He said men will give you so that you will, not, you will know that he's not talking about spiritual blessings. It's not just talking about spiritual blessings. It's telling you men will give you physical and material blessings. If you give money, men will give you money. If you give material things, men will give you material things. Some of you here, do I have people, raise your hand if you have given, if you have given a car before. Either you sold the car and gave the money or you dropped the key on the altar. Raise your hand. Anyone here who has given a car and I prophesy to you this morning, a harvest a harvest of the cars that you give. 
a harvest of the cars that you gave. You shall receive. You shall receive. You will receive cars. I'm not saying that you will take your money to the car shop to buy cars. No, you gave your car. You gave your car. You would receive cars. And in this season, that God, by the power of prayer, praise, and prophecy, is bringing in the harvest for us and causing us to seize our harvest that the enemy has seemed to claim, you shall receive cars. You shall receive cars. You shall have cars. Because when you plant a seed, you don't reap a seed. The harvest is always greater than the seed. You shall dedicate cars in one day. It will become commonplace in this house that somebody is dedicating two cars in one day, three cars in one day, five cars in one day, because you gave a car. And brothers and sisters, certain things should be part of your story as a Christian. Bala Kosa Kabaya. Then finally, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6. He said, but I say unto you, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Give me that 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 in the Amplified Classic Translation, in the Message, in the Easy, in the International Children's Bible, and in the TPT. Quickly, quickly, brothers and sisters, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6, Amplified Classic Translation, Message Translation, TPT, Easy, and ICB. Seven steps to bringing in your harvest. Seven steps to bringing in your harvest. So today is Saturday. If we take a point every day, by next week, Friday, we should be done. TPT says, here's my point. A stingy sower would reap a mega harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Amplified classic translation. He who sows sparingly, and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone would also reap generously. Praise God. ICB, remember this. The person who plants a little will have a small harvest, but the one who plants a lot will have a big harvest. Remember this, easy translation. If a farmer plants only a few seeds, he will not get much, much as a result. But if he plants plenty of seeds, he will get a big harvest. Now, where am I coming to? For those of us who give every day, by virtue of your giving every day, you should get harvest every day. And that's the season that you are coming into. For something like maize, in three months, you can begin to harvest maize. For some others, six months, for some more than that. But let's say that we have six months and you planted on the 1st of January, you planted on the 2nd of January, you planted on the 3rd of January, 4th of January, and you've been coming like that till today, 17th of June. If it was six months that a seed takes to harvest, that means the one that you planted on January 1st by July 1st is harvest date. The one that seed date was, was January 2nd. By July 2nd is harvest date for that seed. The seed of January 3rd, July 3rd becomes harvest date. So what I'm trying to say is that if you now are planting every day, by July 1st, 
if you don't stop planting every day you should be harvesting i don't know who, who got the explanation i just gave did somebody get it we're talking about timing of harvest right if you've been giving every day i have a record of my everyday offering at the least i have a record of my all the offerings i give during service all the offering I give during ministry programs, all the offerings I give during um, 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 cell meetings. But we're even using the daily offering as an example. So let's, let's give an example. For those of you who your offering is a thousand naira, a thousand naira is about a dollar plus, right? That your offering is a thousand naira, right? So the Bible talked about a harvest that is 30 fold that is 60 fold and that is a hundred fold. How much is the harvest of 1000 Naira? Give me 30 fold, give me 60 fold and give me hundred fold. Post it on the chat. Because I, I need you to understand this principle of harvest. We're gonna make a demand. We're not going to not have harvest. So for those of you who are probably business people, you can expect certain sales that would amount in setting profits on a daily basis by virtue of your daily givings. What's the harvest of a, a thousand fold in 30, in 60, and in 100? So 30 fold is 30,000 30, Naira. Now, if you're a business person, I'm not telling you that you are going to sell things worth 30,000 Naira. I'm saying that at the least, your profit will be 30,000 Naira on a daily basis. At the least, your profit will be 60,000 Naira on a daily basis. At the least, your profit will be 100,000 Naira on a daily profit, not sales. So if you sell something and your profit is 10% of that thing that you sell, maybe you are a shopper. You shop for people, a personal shopper. And then at the end of the day, you charge a 10% um, admin fee. So we're saying that on a daily basis, you're going to get shopping deals that are up, worth up to a million, and then you can gain that 100,000. Now, why is it in different folds? That's why th this is where all the other steps come in. What determines if you have 30, 60, and 100? Because you see, in the law of sowing and reaping, in the law of farming, there is an understanding that sometimes the harvest that a farmer plants, that a farmer plans for might not be what he gets because there are certain things that can happen. Maybe the rains were too much and some plants were uprooted before time. Maybe there was attack. Maybe there was drought at some point that attacked the quality of the soil. Maybe it didn't rain enough. And some of the things dried and withered. So, but it's telling you that despite all of these challenges, you must get at least 30 percent, 30 fold. That's what it's trying to tell you. So, even with the 30, there's no loss. So, brothers and sisters, if you are in business and you're always accumulating loss, that's not the principle of harvest. Something is wrong. But those are the things we'll talk about in the other steps so that you understand where, where, what is affecting my harvest so that I can attack it and I can get my harvest. I can recover it. There are some things that are internal. They are the ones that are external. For instance, in a place like Nigeria where farmers are being chased out of their farms, where you hear of Fulani herdsmen that attack some farms, those are external. But without those external attacks, there are certain things that are internal, things that are required of you to do 
But even with the external ones who are not left disadvantaged, we also know what we can do to attack those external predictors. So brothers and sisters, seven steps to bringing in your harvest. And within the next seven days, many of you will begin to see your harvest coming. Because as you put the steps in place, so have confidence in your seed. And that's what I want you to go home with from this point, number one. When we say you sow a harvest, a seed for your harvest. Have confidence in your seed that every seed is required to produce a harvest and at the least 30-fold. Did somebody learn something this morning? Glory to God forever. Does anyone have a testimony? A testimony, I can take one. Testimony about sowing and reaping, seed and harvest. Any striking testimony? A, a giving that brought you a hundredfold harvest or a sixtyfold harvest or a thirtyfold harvest or even more, a thousandfold harvest. Okay, in the absence of none, I want to share one. Sister Peace. Okay, Sister Peace, you have two minutes. Quickly share your testimony. After Sister Peace, I'll share my own testimony. Thank you so much, Ma, for the opportunity. Good morning, esteemed family. Okay, one of the striking... Um, testimony I had from um, a seed I gave it was um a sc the scholarship I got in school um I gave a seed that morning in church and immediately I didn't give the seed for my school scholarship I just gave it as instructed by the Holy Spirit and that was the last morning my account and I was going to drop it on the altar when the Holy Spirit said I should give it to my pastor and prior to that time my pastor said that while he was dressing for church the Holy Spirit told him that I was going to pay somebody's school fees but he didn't know who the person was so immediately I just dropped the seed that was when the, that was um, when he came to me and asked me how many years was left to that was how I got my scholarship immediately thank you so much ma praise God some of you I'm not sure you heard the testimony very well <clears throat> so sister peace was inspired to give a particular seed and then she was taking it it was a service day and she was taking it to the altar and then as she was taking it she always be told that not to drop it on the altar that she should give it directly to the man of God right and then she walked up to the man of God and gave him the seed and then before the her pastor was coming to service that day. The spirit of God had told him that he's going to pay someone's fees, but he didn't know the person. So at the moment that she came to the altar and gave him the seed, the spirit of God told him that this is the person. Can you see, and this is one of the principles of, of seed that you must understand. When God is calling for a seed, he already has a harvest in plan. God told her to give this seed while she was in service. Before the service, God had told somebody to give her a harvest. And this is how Sister Peace went through school. Sister Peace, please tell us the university that you went to. Thank you so much, Ma. Ben Sida also university, Ma. She went to a private university. If, and if you know private universities in Nigeria, they are not cheap. The seed that she gave, <laughs> let me not call the figure, but it is, it is, it is not, see, the, seed, the harvest that she got is not in 100% is a child's play compared to the harvest that she got. Brothers and sisters, you cannot outgive God. I'll share you my testimony of a hundredfold. During the praise-a-ton, and I'm going to end with this, during the praise-a-ton this year in, in, general, in February, 
So we were giving every day. And then on this particular day, the Spirit of God told me to give $100 and equivalent in Naira, that's about 75,000 Naira. So I, I, I gave it. And then, so I think this was the, this, this was the, was it the first or the second day? It was the first day, Monday. At about 1 p.m. the next day, past 1 p.m., um, somebody buzzed me and said, Amaka, how are you? I said, I'm fine, thank you, sir. He said, okay, so there's this investment that I, I'm supposed to do in a company that I'm a shareholder, but I don't want to do it in my name. I want to do it in your name. And then he said, the investment, the investment is a, a is $10,000. He said, so reach out to this person, have a conversation with the person. I'm going to transfer the money to your account. You are going to transfer the money to the company like you were the one investing it. Now, somebody do a calculation for me. I gave $100. I got $10,000. How many percent, how many fold increase was that? Or I gave um, 75,000 Naira and I got 7.5 million Naira. How many increase was that? Is a hundred fold. That happened in February, this February here, this year. So I'm just trying to tell you that. And I'm, as I'm talking to you, I, 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 you see that this was past one. That day, that day, the money entered my account. That day, that day, the investment was done. So brothers and sisters, the things that we teach, we're not, we're not just teaching you Bible. We're teaching you things that we have experienced. So when I'm talking about calling in your harvest, take me seriously because this harvest will come in. If you have neglected your harvest, God does not, because you did not collect your harvest, God does not throw it away. It is there waiting for you till the day that you wake up to collect it. And if the devil stole it, the Bible says when the thief is caught, what did the Bible say? He said he will return. And do you know the funny thing about the thief returning? The Bible says he would return in more folds than he stole. So if the devil stole your harvest, let me give an example. Can somebody get me that scripture when he talked about what the thief will return? I'm ending with this. Get me the scripture very fast. What he says that it will, the thief will return when he's caught. Now, for me that gave $100 and got $10,000, maybe there's somebody like me. So your harvest is $10,000, but it was stolen by the thief. So let's see how much the thief is supposed to restore. Because you even be more excited about this now because you are getting more than you should get for your harvest. Has anyone found the scripture? Do people know how to use Google to search for scriptures? Okay, look at it. Seven times. Seven, seven times what he stole. Brothers and sisters, if your harvest is $10,000, in, in, if it was the thief that stole it, in this return, you're going to get $70,000. And I prophesy to you today, it will happen in the name of the Lord Jesus. Brothers and sisters, we'll see again tomorrow when we continue on this subject of harvest. Ensure that you're connected to the devotion on time because you know that today is Saturday. We can only have extra time today. Other times we must finish at seven. So I'll be coming in early enough so that we can finish up at seven, but don't miss this next seven days. Thank you so much for a great time. Let us unmute our mics and share the benediction.
and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my God.